welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I'm Dave. I'm Chris. And how are you? I'm good. So, uh, we just, we're, we're like on a tear on a uh, Tuesday, midday in November. Pool in, house recording tear. We're in the Hamptons. And the new, the new era of Dopey is that between Chris's busy school life and his incredibly busy relationship and work. life. Work. Oh, and work life. We can only record one day a month. No. So we decided... We're not supposed to tell them this. I don't care. One day a month, the best place to do it is in the Hamptons. Because Chris's parents have dough. And it's luxurious out here. Fucking... They have it's a thing... that luxurious. You're you insane. Play you play You're insane. They have this Thanksgiving spread, okay? Oh, shut, yeah, no, no, no. shut up. <laughs> shut up. Okay. It's this beautiful living room. They have a library off the living room. They've got two living rooms. But let me tell you about this. The dining room, okay, above the table is a chandelier covered with monkeys, sculptures of monkeys in the chandelier. Now, tell me, Dopey Nation, have you ever seen poor people with a monkey-based chandelier? Okay, let me ask you a different question. When somebody says they're going to the Hamptons, what do you picture? Okay, if I say I'm going to, if I said I'm going to Anguilla, what would the what would the compound be? Okay, Anguilla's is different. Just stop it! No, no, no! Just stop it! That's not what I'm talking about. When people ask, they say, "Where are you going?" I say, "I'm going to Long Island." Because you say Hamptons, and people assume you're talking about a ten to fifty million dollar house on the water instead of instead of a four million dollar house off the water. Not that much. It definitely is. (laughs) You're insane. No, I'm just trying to say that like it's not as opulent as this is a mild mannered house in Southampton. I'm going to ask you three questions. Number one, are there oil paintings of you and your brother and sister in the house? <laughs> are there? Stop. Uh, answer the question. I think that was based off of a picture. Are there? I actually remember that oil painting. I had to sit still for a long time. It wasn't based off of it. I had to sit in a chair while she painted it and it was fucking hell. Do you think poor people have painters coming over painting oil paint canvases of I their kids? I never said we're poor. I don't know why you're comparing Number two. poor people. Is there a chandelier covered with monkeys in the living room? I've never noticed it. That's how wealthy he is. He has so many chandeliers that he doesn't notice the one with monkeys. Have you noticed the monkeys? I have noticed there's... uh, I've noticed the monkey chandelier. And number three, is there a motorized toilet brush in the downstairs bathroom? Go on and on. Motorized toilet brush is nothing. Anyway, I bet you can get one cheap. Dopey Nation, if you can send us a motorized toilet brush, I'd Nell's Bells. Call. Not yet. Not does yet. not want to call in. Why not? She said, not this time. She said, okay, so Nell's Dopey Nation. I had a whole topic I was about to go through. I know. Um, what do you mean you know? <laughs> <laughs> go away. Oh, go to your topic. You want me to go to my topic? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I've known Chris for a long six, time. Six years. Around six years. And um, we've done Dopey for almost two. We're coming up on the two-year anniversary of Dopey, which is very exciting. Um, I've never met uh, his parents. And I just went into the house because we were going to get lunch, and his mother was there. And I met Chris's mother, and she's a very delightful woman. And uh, she's cutting up uh, peppers for a summer goulash. Do you know what summer goulash is? No. No. It's great. It's one of Chris's favorites. And his mother's so happy to make it for him, which is so sweet. And, um, and then she's, you know, if she was Jewish, you'd say she's, uh, something Nakis. Nakis is the something, there's some word, something Nakis, yeah. which is you have this pride for your family. And, and I feel happy for her and I feel happy for you. 
And I think it's beautiful that you could bring so much joy into your family. You know, after so many years, you know, that she had, your mother had it made. Your mother had a beautiful uh, family and a beautiful life and a, you know, night, you know, However much money, enough money to be comfortable. With a modest house oh, in Hamptons. With a, and, a, and a modest <laughs> compound in Anguilla and her modest hotel suite in Boston. Um, but I'm, I'm just saying, no matter what. But Chris was a dark cloud on their whole life. He, he probably ruined their whole life. Oh, or the flip side is I brought them closer together. Right. It's like... The fire like, of suffering brings right. forth the gold. Right. I, have you ever told them that? No. <laughs> Never? That's something I would say to my family. My dad did say to me once... When the economy crashed, his business partner was like freaking out. And so he's in real estate and basically he does commercial buildings, industrial space. So the tenants couldn't pay rent and then he can't pay the equivalent of like a mortgage to the bank, you know. And he was saying like his business partner was panicking. And then he was like, after dealing with you, my sister had cancer, my mom had cancer and everything. He's like, I just didn't give a shit. He's like, it actually made it like much easier for him to function in life. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and I mean, it's like it's a joke to say the fire of suffering, but it's true. But it's yeah. still a joke because you didn't need to make their life so bad. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, now, it, what a beautiful thing that she can do. And you and Annie can come and her, her son and her daughter will be there. It's a very, very nice thing. Yeah. Um, and it makes me sad because um, my mom died uh, without yeah. – without, I wasn't – I was – I was clean enough for 12? her. Oh no, you were like eighteen. No, I was fucking thirty-five. Oh really? I'm such an idiot. No, I knew you weren't twelve. No, actually, I'm retarded. I I knew you were out of college. I didn't know you were thirty-five. When did I meet you? You were like thirty-six, thirty-seven. Yeah. Oh wow, I didn't know it was right after. Yeah, I'm a bad um, friend. Yeah, not a good friend. <laughs> um, Sorry, Alan. It's just like I just—it's amazing that you spend time with people yet you don't pay any attention to anything they say. Okay. And how do you think you're so good? I don't think I'm good. You think you you're really good. You really think I think I'm good. Well, you should know that you're not good. Yeah. But anyway, the point is that I feel badly that... I mean, I was in somewhat... I, my mother... I was in enough recovery when my mother died that it was pretty good for her. Yeah. Like, I wasn't like out the couch with a meal on my arm. It was, it was yeah. way better than yeah. the 12 years before, but it would have been nice for my mother to see my daughter and... You know, Linda and oh, and me being sober and she being got responsible. to see the daughter, right? No, she died before Linda had. She died before I was with Linda. I, I, I went out with Linda two weeks after my mother had died. I didn't know that. Yeah, but you did. But you just didn't retain it. Yeah, didn't really listen to me spilling my guts. It was, so what, what was your? This is your bit. No, I, I figured you knew that. Oh. Stuff. <laughs> my bit is that it's cool that your family gets to be together. Um, and it's sad that my mother didn't get to see it, but it's nice to, to be in recovery. Yeah. That's what I meant. I think it's still good, though, that your mom got to see you sober. But, but I wasn't even sober. But I was sober enough for her. I was smoking weed. Yeah. And I remember she was undelauded in the hospital, uh-huh. and she was so high, and I, I was laughing yeah. at her, because she and she laughed, too, because she knew that I knew what it felt like to be so high. Oh, really? Yeah. It was a very, it was a very strange and surreal moment. Yeah. You know? But I was, I mean, I did manage to spend a couple months with her before she died, that I was way more with it than I had been in a long time. Nice. It's a sad story, though, isn't it? It is sad. Yeah. Yeah. All you could say is nice. It's a sad story. That's all you have to say? I think it's, I think that the good thing is that you had that moment with your mom, and that she didn't see you strung out when she died. I think so, too. And then, Um, I tell you the really fucked up thing, and this is a dopey story, and I'm sorry my father has to hear it. But um, after my mother died, 
you know, she had a shitload of drugs. Yeah. You know, because she was she had cancer, she had leukemia, and um, and I didn't know it at the time, but she she had died, and uh, all of her stuff was in the bedroom. Yeah. And uh, we're dealing with you know all the stuff you have to deal with. Yeah. People are coming and going from the house, and I and I. You know, I, my mom never, like, recreationally took drugs. She was never on psych meds. There was never, like, good drugs in our house. Like, yeah. it was never an opportunity for me to get good drugs from my mom. Yeah. But after she died, I was thinking, well, there might be some drugs, you know? Yeah. And I went into the bag, and I found uh, Percocet. Yeah. You know, high, you know, whatever. I don't know if those are just Percocet. Five, three twenty-five. I don't know what it was. But yeah, this was a standard, I think. Um, so many people want to be on a... So what Dopey. happened? You found Percocet. So I found Percocet and I just took a bottle. And just after took she a, passed away. Yeah, after she died. I took a full bottle. and I was actually living at my friend Jim's mother's house. Yeah. And uh, and then my sister called me and she was like, she was telling me how she had to throw all of my mom's stuff away. Yeah. And she was like, she was like, it's really good that I found her Percocet so I know you didn't take them. Which meant there were two bottles oh. of Percocet. <laughs> oh my god. Well, Arden had leukemia and I stole her. She had Tylenol 3s, which are pretty weak. And Ativan. And I stole, no, while she was alive. I didn't take the whole bottle, but I took like half of each thing. There you go. It's bad. Yeah. But this is the thing. So, with Dopey, it's like, we do horrible things to our family. I mean, with drug addiction, I should say. Yeah. With drug addiction, we do horrible things to our family. And as drug addicts, we go through horrible things. Dopey isn't making light of that. It's just kind of saying, "Shit happens," I guess. Yeah. You know what is it? You know how do you how do we how do we live with the fact that we do this show and we cause so much misery in in the wake? How do we live with that? Say that again. Your question. Okay, we like to think that Dopey is a dark take on drug addiction, blah yeah. blah blah. But we cause so much pain and suffering, and then we like shut the door and make jokes about it, like. How do we live with ourselves? Well, I think that um, <clears throat> the reason there is a dopey nation is because we can laugh about it with each other. Because it's like not us. That's that's the joke. Is like it's something else, and it's like right, and that's important. Yeah, and like, but to the normie listening, it might be a little appalling. That's why I don't recommend people listen to it. Yeah. Because I'm ashamed. <laughs> like deep down, there's yeah. some shame. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think what you said is, is it's very well taken. Now, what, now back to Nell's bells. And she said that um, uh, she said I'll just talk to you alone at this point. I'll say, are you sure? What does that mean? I'll just talk to you alone at this point. She said she wanted to. She said that she texted me this morning at ten. She said I need male sponsorship. I need your help with this guy I'm dating. When can we chat? And I said, ha, 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 okay, we are recording Dopey now. And then she said a bunch of stuff. She said, give me a shout out. What are you talking about? I want to call in and ask if all men in recovery are pussies. And I said, can you call in sometime over the next couple hours? She said, for real. And then she backed out. She just got scared. Oh, that would have been good. We're going to call somebody in the Dopey Nation instead then. Okay. We're going to call before we – we're going to get a Hot Wheels update. But first we're going to call – this guy, Brian, Andrew, the guy that you met at Mountainside. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember him. Let's try him out. If Andrew doesn't call, we're going to call Artie. Andrew Dopey. Yeah. And leave a message for Artie. Yeah. 
in the elevator. I'm doing laundry. Okay, what, what's up? We're on the yeah. show, man. We're here. We're on the show? Okay, well, I'm about to be in the elevator. I'm about to lose you. Can I call you in two, a minute? Your yeah. life is totally unmanageable. Call us, call us when you get a minute. Okay, I'll be, it'll be in one minute. Okay. Cool. Should I call Artie now? No, we'll call him after. Should we call Brian, Brian uh, Hot Wheels now? <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man, it's too bad. What do you What do you think about guys being pussies or whatever that is about? I don't know. It would have been great stuff for the show. It really, it really would have been. We could have finally had our love line moment. I know. I, did you ever listen to Love Line? No. Me did you? Either. No. You never listened to Love Line? No. I mean, me and Drew were boys. Jupinski. We go way back. You can't even get him to call in. Yeah. Supposedly, he's well aware of our show, though. Did you know that? Why? Well, why? Because of Bob Forrest. Holy shit. Uh, now, hot off of Twitter. This is from uh, Adam Gone Fishing at Twitter, one of our devoted Twitter fans. He okay. says, I consider myself one of the most devoted listeners, and no way would I buy merch every month. I do want one item, but don't trust the website, LOL. Don't trust the website. Meaning he thinks that if he gives money to our website, nothing's going to come back to him. I think that's a fair concern. No, and I eat your web your money and I give it to you. It's like a bad video game. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, fucking a, I wasn't considering that the Dopey Nation would be buying merch every month. Maybe one item. What, like a coffee mug one month? And I'm just saying. No, no, no. If 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 there's Can you use sunglasses with Dopey on the side. Would you like that? Yeah. I wouldn't. I don't want... Sunglasses are really cool to not have anything on the side of them. They should just be black. What? You own one dopey t-shirt. That's it, right? Yeah. And you never wear it? No. Why? <laughs> Fucking... I don't want my daughter to see it. Yeah. And then when she sees it, she goes, she goes, Daddy, what's dopey? Does she know what dopey is? Kind of. Oh, somebody's calling. Oh, shit. <laughs> hey, dude. So what's going on? Oh, so I'm just uh, doing laundry, taking a day. I work nights, so I'm doing laundry and playing banjo right now. Let's hear a little thing. Um, what's my what? Let's hear a little banjo thing. Oh, I uh, just bought one. It was my birthday last Saturday, and I bought myself one. I have one that I left on the farm in Idaho, but... Wanted one to play, so yeah, there's also a possibility that uh, this call can have a, a song if there's uh, time for it. Wait, tell us about the farm on Idaho. I want to hear a song first. Let's yeah, do the first. song you, first. Right. Okay. Do, you, do we want a cover, or do, do you want a good so bad cover, or do you want an original? Let's do an original. Okay, okay. Well, let me put it on speaker. Musical guest. It's banjo, that's like this shit from Deliverance. Yeah. I woke up this morning, I was possum, I was screaming over moss, I was running through the trees. And as I was out prowling, well, the cowards, they were howling. It's a song, it's soft and sweet. It goes, whoa, possum, it goes, whoa, possum, it goes, whoa, 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 it goes, whoa, whoa.
Father of the Santa pastry to the call that's building west of the mighty Mississippi in the retro city. I slipped in my tail and caught a steel beam and like an iron worker. I stared into the breeze. A bird if you buy who laughed at what you speak and said, Why can't you live like me? Why can't you just live a life of peace and harmony? I said first, Mr. Birdie, I know you wanna eat me. And second, Mr. Birdie, I'm a possum, don't have wings, so fuck you, Mr. Birdie. You're a capitalist society and dirty low life possum and the world will came through on the cell phone probably as good as it sounded in real life. I liked it. It probably sounded bad on the phone, I'm it's, sure. It sounded pretty bad with the phone. I thought it sounded good. Yeah. I thought yeah. it was like real lo-fi. But tell us about, okay. um, tell us about your, uh, your, the, last time Chris saw you, you were in Mountainside, you had the long <laughs> handlebar mustache and the party in the back and business in the front. And yeah, and when I saw you, you were you were on the streets of New York City on your way to Idaho. Now tell yep. the, tell the dopey nation your tale. Okay, so uh, this summer I went to uh, my friend's farm. It's like uh, on the corner of Montana, Idaho, and Canada, like right nestled up there. And it's like a family farm where we grow uh, organic root vegetables for um, wholesale in northern Idaho. And, um, and I don't know, it's a really interesting place up there in northern Idaho. It's like very much sort of lots of off the gridders, lots of people who want to be like left alone. And um, you, you get some like right wing crazies, but there's a a lot of really interesting people up there, and I definitely started to develop, like, you know, community, and I, I spent time this summer picking huckleberries, and that's, like, a very interesting crowd. There's only, they're only wild, and it's, like, way deep in the woods, and it's a lot of, like, native people and hillbillies, and it's really interesting, and, um... So, of all the, of, Andrew, of all the farm scenes out there, you think the huckleberry scene is the most wild one? Well, so huckleberries aren't farmed they're only wild so the scene is like way deep in the woods where they grow there's like you know shanty town set up where like cambodians and natives and hippies and people like me um you know pick them and so what happened you went out there with your plan was to to smoke a little weed and live off the grid and make friends and whatever and what, what yeah, i mean for the most part it works for the most part it works except i realized i could drive to spokane to cop tar and i did that like once every few weeks for like a few months and then um how long was you know, the drive to spokane three hours <laughs> it's like chris chris driving to do dopey yeah 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 it was pretty silly it felt pretty silly Things are really spaced out out there, um, and and I don't know. I feel like I need to redeem myself a little bit, at least from uh, my portrayal in the last call. Like I don't think it was a total shit show this summer. I, I for the most part, uh, did pretty well. It just had a pretty bad ending. 
How what was the ending? Yeah. What? What was the ending? The ending was is that Chris? Yeah. Okay. The ending was um, ordering a bunch of RC Benzos and not remembering like two weeks, essentially, just doing a bunch of a tizzlam and diclazepam and um, I think driving back and forth to Spokane like two or three times and then eventually ending up in a shitty hotel there, hold up just like, uh, you know, when Dave talked to me and said I sounded like I was underwater or a zombie or whatever, you know, I don't remember any of that. Hmm. That's because you were really high. Yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I mean, it was, it was not a good state of being. So wait, what happened with the farm, though? So you started doing these RC benzos. You lost time for two weeks. Do you know what happened in those two weeks? And what happened with your job? Um, I mean, I, it was more or less a mutual agreement that I needed to... I mean, I didn't get kicked out. They weren't like, you have to go. I'm still welcome. I'll probably go back next year. I just I, I went to detox because I... I felt like I needed to go to detox and I had the opportunity to and the work was going to end soon anyways. Okay, and then what happened? After then I went detox. To detox. Um, and now I am living with my father in New York City and working and trying to save money and, you know, set up a life here. And I got the Vivitrol shot like two weeks ago. There you go. And... I've been off dope for like two months. Nice, man. Have you been smoking pot? Yeah, I've been smoking pot. Um, you know, I don't know. It is what it is. I, 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 right now, I, I mean, I'm doing fine. I'm, 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 I'm okay with my life. I'm happy with my job. I mean, my job is really fun. Really grateful to get paid to bike around New York City. Isn't that what you were doing in San Francisco? Yeah. Do you still listen to Dopey as you bike around? I do. I do. I have to say I was a little resentful. I was I, I was a little spiteful after hearing my uh, depiction. And I didn't listen for two weeks. What was this? Uh, what did you... Sp- oh, give me a break. <laughs> what were you spiteful? <laughs> it's like you're, you're, you're in a delusion, Andrew. What were you spiteful about? Was it because I said that you didn't shower every day? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit sensitive about that hippie word. You're a fucking hippie. What do you want from me? You lived on a farm picking huckleberries in the woods. <laughs> this is the biggest hippie in the world. Huckleberry farming? Oh, Come on, well, listen. Because my, my, my introduction, okay, so my introduction to this, like, counterculture or whatever was actually when I was in the program in sobriety in Colorado, and I met these, like, train hopper dudes and was, was like, introduced into that life, into the life of, like, being on the, and whatever, and... I don't know. That culture very much distinguishes itself from the like rainbow hippie. Right. Okay, so you're not a, you're not the hippie. You're a train hopper. No, he's more of a of a hobo. Yes, I have. Yes, yes, that's what I would identify with more. Being a hobo? He's more of a hobo than a hippie. But just so you know, I'm a fucking middle class waiter. I, I wish I had been a hippie or a hobo or anything. I'm nothing. I'm just having fun. I'm just I'm just trying to paint a picture. You know, as, you, as far as I'm concerned, you know, like. A real hip, a real hobo is a true hippie, and a fake hippie is just a mall goer or something. You know, it's like yeah. it's it's like I'm just playing with words, and you know, Andrew, that I, I only think nice things. I only want you to be happy, and I'm proud uh, of of any lefting 
fucking life that anybody leads. I think it's cool as hell. Wait, wait, Andrew, which one was more aggravating, the stuff that Dave said or the stuff that I said? Oh, I, it was, I think it was, it was, it was, that's all, that's all it was. It was the hippie thing, and it was the sort of like, uh, I felt, you know, yeah, it's, it's my poor ego. So, but it was like, Dave, like, though. It was like, what like Dave said. Ego. What about when Chris said you didn't smell good? Did no, that, I never said that. Chris said, said, Chris said you could use more showers. No, I said you seemed like, yeah, when I, I met you. Could. I mean, at that, when I met Chris, I was still like wide-eyed, detoxing, hadn't slept in like, Four days. That's the kind of person that Chris is. Chris goes into detox and then comes out and says, he really could use more showers. That's the kind of person that Chris is. He's heartless. He's a heartless bastard. I mean, that's, that's, not, that's okay. There's worse things to be said. Chris is a, is a hippie. <laughs> He's a hippie, heartless bastard. Me. I'm just playing, man. I think I, you know, I've only been there. I've only enjoyed uh, our conversations, and and I've 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 always loved your your sense of adventure and stuff. I think it's great. You know I that. Appreciate that. Don't you thank know you that? Me. Yeah. Well, I, it means it, it means a lot to hear. I do know that, but thank you. And I, and I wish that I could have been um, more hobo esque in my young adult years. And, and see, I guess this is sort of where we get around to the, like, drug stuff is eventually the drugs, like, made that lifestyle not possible for me. Like, I became more and more normal as I edged into regular opiate addiction. I became, like, just working 9 to 5, come home, do dope, chain smoke, watch TV, you know? There's not really time for huckleberry picking when you have a dope habit, basically. Or, or adventure of any kind. You know, it's not, oh, I'm going to go take this weekend off to go camping, or, oh, I'm going to go do this. It's, I need to maintain my supply of money, maintain my supply of dope. And it's, I don't know, it's, it's something at one point switched where I realized that heroin is not, like, socially liberating in any way. Like, heroin is, um, like, oppressive. Of course. I mean, if, if heroin was socially liberating, it, it wouldn't be a, a you know a scourge. It wouldn't. It wouldn't. Dopey wouldn't exist. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, it would be more of a heroin appreciating show. I want to go back to the hobo thing because <laughs> when, I, when I was using, there were short periods before my parents rescued me that I was a real hobo. And there was no sexiness to it. Though. You were not a real hobo. Have you seen pictures of me? When yes, I, I have. You look like Pop, the villain in Popeye. Huh? <laughs> I was a hobo. So within the like homeless community, there is controversy over, oh, you know, is this a seventeen-year-old kid who has rich parents who's running away? Blah blah blah. And there's like constant back and forth, like within that community of who is legitimately a hobo and legitimately homeless and whatever. And I don't know. I mean. I had the experience of sleeping out on the street and living as a homeless person for, you know, a couple of years. I probably could have retreated home if I needed to. But on the other hand, I also had those experiences. So I kind of come down in the middle there. Two things, two things. First of all, I love that there's a social hierarchy or social intricacies within the homeless population. Second of all, tell us what it was like to be homeless for a couple of years. Um... America, it, it's just like like long periods of boredom punctuated with like short periods of like intense synchronicity. Mm. Like 
long periods of sitting on the side of the road hitchhiking, long periods of waiting in train yards for trains or just waiting around doing nothing. And then, like, short periods where all of a sudden, like, you meet all these people who know all these people who know all these people, and then all of a sudden you're like, wait, how the fuck am I in this place, you know? Yeah. Did you drink during that period? I mean, would you get shit-faced every day? Um, no. There was, like, three years. So I first started, like, the way I got introduced into this community is, like, my friend saw two people with backpacks at the gas station and bought them a cup of coffee, and they said, oh, is there any, like, squats or punk houses around here where we could stay? And he said, no, but I'll take you to my friend Andrew's house, because I had an apartment where I kind of just let whoever stay on the floor. And um, they came, and I I, I took, like, a two-week journey with this dude. This is while I was in the program and totally sober, and um, it was the middle of the winter in Colorado, and he took me on a coal train and, like, through the Continental Divide, and it was just... It was really crazy, and then, so then I just, like, went off to live that life and started drinking and smoking, but for, like, three and a half years, stayed off opiates. Okay. And then you wound up in San Francisco? Yep, then I wound up in San Francisco and was there for, you know, six months a year, and then got into a relationship that turned very, like, codependent and toxic, and that relationship blew up. And then I went back to dope, and that's how I ended up back after that, like, four-year not doing it. Do, are there any, like, indigent um, people living that lifestyle that are couples? Do you see that frequently? That are what? Couples. Are couples. Couples. Like men and women who fuck on the road and live together. Boyfriend, girlfriend. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. I mean, I lived, when I first went to the farm in Idaho, I was with a girl who was just sort of like, a hippie chick, and yeah, I mean, there's people mostly often travel in couples, yeah, you know, I mean, there's the stereotypical oogles with the dogs, and you guys know the word oogle, you know that? No. Okay, an oogle is like a word within the, like, punk community to describe a sort of, like, um, uh, cliche or stereotypical kid with, like, car hearts and a dog and a banjo and whatever, you know? Wait, I think I know... Okay, so my cousin went through rehab in Maine, and then he went to Amsterdam, and he said he was walking around Amsterdam, and he said there's all these, like, sort of homeless people. It's like people who are, like, choosing homelessness. Those are the crusty punks. The crusty punks. And he said that he was in... Okay, Am- yes. He, he was in Amsterdam. Oogle is a division within crust punk. What is? Oogle. Oh, Okay. Yeah, because my, so my, my cousin went to Amsterdam, and he sees a bunch of homeless people, the crust punks or whatever, and one of the guys he was in rehab with in Maine was out in Amsterdam doing that. And I guess that's a common thing. That's that synchronous moment There's between the boredom. That's synchronous moment, yeah. Yeah, but you know what it is, what is sad? Because I was hanging out in Tompkins Square, like, two or three weeks ago, just to see, like, what the scene is like here, and with those kids, that sort of crowd, and... Working from the end, now being sort of what people refer to as a housey, like, you know, now being housed up and having a job. And, like, that community is just ravaged by dopes now. Like, I went and hung out, and it was just sad. It was, like, all these vibrant, interesting people who played music and did all this stuff and then went to the bathroom and came back and were, like, falling asleep, you know? Yeah, yeah. 
And it didn't even, at that point, it wasn't like, oh, I want to do that. It was just like, man, this is sad. These people would be really interesting. Andrew, you got you got a, a straight-up dopey story for us? Oh, let's see. A straight-up dopey story. You know what? The do- so, let's see. Hmm. I think the dopiest stuff that I think about is, is our use of... Uh, the intimacy between a drug addict and, and the public restroom. And yeah. I think of like all of the, the bathrooms I've been in. I remember there's this one bathroom. So when I was a bike messenger in San Francisco, everyone used to sit at this one spot to wait for a job. And there was a public bathroom like down in there where there was a code. And I remember like multiple times, you know, being going down there and, it's just like that becomes your home and like you see these like gross pieces of uh, porcelain and metal become these like reinforcements of these like really good feelings. Like this is where I put my cooker and I remember even seeing, you know, on the toilet paper roll, there's always, it's always burnt from me putting my cooker there and I'm sure other people too, you know? Yeah. And <clears throat> they, um... one time, go, go ahead, ahead go, go, no, go ahead, go ahead. And I was saying, yeah, one one time, I remember this is the time that sticks with me is getting a batch of uh, tar that I'm pretty sure had scent. And, you know, being in that bathroom and then waking up and just being on, on the floor with my face just like in liquid and needles everywhere and someone just banging on the door, just like, what the fuck? And waking up and just being just, not even scared, which is, that's what's so scary to me. Yeah, that's crazy. Dude, so a few things. First of all, I go into bathrooms today and still I think to myself sometimes this would be a good bathroom to use in. If it's a really shitty bathroom, I look at the ceilings because if it's a place that's used a lot, you can see the squirts of blood from when people clean out their syringes and they draw up the water and push it out. You can see it on the ceiling sometimes, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. I used to remember having blood splatter like in my, yeah. Yeah. And then the last thing, just to, uh, to speak about what you just said, that last story of waking up on the ground, I just read an article that in Massachusetts, they contracted this place that had all these overdoses in the bathroom, hired an, uh, an electrician to design a type of motion detector that stops, uh, that will alert the staff if somebody hasn't moved for a certain amount of time and the door's locked. And since that's happened, they've Narcan people and there's been no overdoses in the bathroom. So they literally designed an overdose detector for bathrooms like that. That's awesome. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, because that's really what we need. You know, in San Francisco, we're starting to get... You know, we sort of unofficially had a safe injection center in the needle exchange. I don't know if I'm supposed to even say that, but that's been operating for a while. And, you know, I mean, that's what we need. People can't get clean if they're dead. Yeah, totally. Andrew, so happy to have you call in. We need to run. We need to run. Okay, well, delete the song if it sounded bad. I think what I'm going to do, Andrew, is I'm just going to shorten it a little bit because it sounded... I know it was a good... Good song. It just sounded weird on the phone. It was too I'm long. Sure it sounded terrible on the phone. Yeah, I mean, okay. clip, whatever. Or, you yeah, or actually, actually, if you record it on your phone and send, send it us in, we a, can lay it on. Yeah. Okay, that's a better idea. And yeah. be in, do that. and be in touch. Come meet me for coffee some morning. Okay. 
That sounds good, guys. All right, well, uh, Dope Nation, stay strong. Stay All right, strong. you fucking hippie. We'll see you later. He's a hobo. Leave him alone. <laughs> He's, leave him alone. We'll talk to you soon, bud. Bye-bye. All right, there he is. Good dude. I can you hurt his feelings with Who all did? the stuff you said the I think I did hurt his feelings. Do you think it was me or you? I do. He's hardcore, but it's like I feel like with Andrew, there's still this um, romance, little bit of romance, a lot of romance. But he did say that when he went back to the scene recently as a housey, you know, with the job, that he would see these amazing people come back and be high on, on dope. You know what I mean? So there's a differentiation between. Shooting dope and leading that life, but there's definitely still a pull to it, you know, for him. And maybe he's just an off the map type of guy. Well, he's young. He's very young. Does some people, some there's a rare breed, a certain ilk that sticks with that life forever. Usually not. Usually it's a long, young you age out. Listen, Garrett, just like the hippies did. Garrett um, got clean when he was 19. Andrew was clean then too. Andrew's I don't think he's 25 years old or is just about there. He, you know. He has wanderlust in him. He loves this adventure. And I, it's like, it would be cool I to have him in. I never gave a fuck about it. Did you ever have wanderlust and adventure lust? Or? I had it. I had it in my head. Yeah. But I, I'm, you know, I'm happy to watch TV. Uh, and I'm also I, happy. I lived that life just because I would run out of treatment. I have nowhere to go. And I'd have to, I'd have to piece together a hotel room and dope. And, and sometimes, a lot of it, it was just piecing together... Like a shitty hotel room and like a plastic bottle of vodka, you know what I mean? But and it was to do that. There was this crazy sort of kind of sexy lure that was exciting, but it was never like about that. Well, you that know, was a byproduct. That was like so. It's like what I always say, you know, I'm the most bourgeois of a drug act in the world because I didn't want to be that uncomfortable. Yeah, I wasn't like the the I enjoyed adventure. Um. I know. I, I was a kind of a pussy when I was young. I didn't, I didn't want to fucking go anywhere. Like, I liked knowing where I was going. I liked knowing where I was coming home to. I loved getting high. but And I liked vacation. But yeah. I wasn't going to jump on a, a freight train. I wanted to be a, on TV and stuff. Yeah. You know, that's what I, I Whatever. I was never... I, I admired hobos. And I admired hobo stories. But I was. I, I couldn't be dirty like that. I had to shower. Every dude, once I wanted to sleep with a nice blanket. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wanted to watch fucking TV at night and have a nice blanket and have cookies and milk. Yeah. Literally, I want to have cookies and milk at night. I'm like yeah. a child. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, we're gonna call Hot Wheels now. Just gonna do call. it. Hit him up. Um, because that's the other thing that I've been thinking about a lot. It's in my notes every week. There, every time we do Dopey, one of the things that's in my notes is um, Dopey as my legacy. Like, when I'm dead and my children or my child listens to Dopey as my legacy, this is it? This is my legacy? Stories about, like, drinking milk and eating cookies? And she, that's the best of it. It's medium. That's the, <laughs> that's the best of it. It's medium. You know. Uh, oh yes, there's no smell. It's medium. Medium. No, but I mean, it's like I, I saw this documentary about Steven Spielberg. Okay. Yeah. He did. Um, you know, he was some fucking uber achiever. Yeah. When he was a teenager, he snuck. He tried to get into USC film school. Yeah. But he couldn't get in. Yeah. Okay. So he went on the Universal Studios tour. Yeah. And he jumped off the tour, yeah. and he. Went to the bathroom, yeah. and where you and I might have done dope in yeah. the bathroom, Steven Spielberg stayed in the bathroom until he heard nothing. Yeah. 
Then when he was totally silent, he crept out of the bathroom. He crept off the tour onto the lot where they make the movies. He found some wing with offices where no one was in the office. He took an office. At 19, he put his name on the door and he hung out there. Stop it. That's the story. That's not true. It's the story of Steven Spielberg. Then some, some Hollywood executive gave him a chance directing TV. Yeah. And, and the rest is history. Anyway, so the point is... And How the, do you give somebody with no experience a chance directing? Because he, was, he had been directing films on his own yeah. in his backyard since he was 12. Yeah. So he knew the camera. He knew all this stuff. Then... So after he, I'm doing with you. I'm giving you a chance with Dopey. You're giving me, you're giving me the chance. (laughs) So um, Steven Spielberg, um, after he had made his first, his first big movie, he'd done a million TV shows. His first big movie was Jaws. You know that was his first one. I mean, that was a that was a good movie. It was the biggest movie of all time when it came out. Yeah, and it it, it said his, his second movie. Was Close Encounters. That was pretty good. No, 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 no. He had done this movie called Amblin, and he had done a movie called The Duel. Okay. Amblin and The Duel. And then he did Jaws. And Jaws was so big, it made it so he didn't have to, like, do a movie he didn't want to do. Yeah. By the time it was 19, in the early 80s, he was like, I need to do a movie to preserve my legacy for my children. Because Jaws... Close Encounters. No, no. Jaws, Close Encounters, um... What was wrong with those as a legacy? Exactly. Yeah. He's, so he did The Color Purple, an Alice Walker book. I never saw that. Wasn't that good a movie? Right. Um, but the point is, then he did Schindler's List. He, he wanted did, to do touching shit. Yeah, instead of, like instead of suburban. No, instead of like suburban stuff. Yeah. But E.T., I think that was the first one he did that really cemented his legacy uh, in terms of first Yeah, but family. The Color Purple and Schindler's List are statements and I think E.T. is more of a statement. No. I think it is Nonsense. because it's it's about a boy. It's innocence, I get that. But no, it's but it's burns. about a boy. It's amazing because I didn't know the story, and, and and I was such. I guess a, it's against the government, and it's like no, no, no. That's like, not that's not the statement. The statement was that Steven Spielberg, okay, his he had um, parents yeah. who uh, his mother fell in love with his father's best friend, yeah, and and left the father. And, and it was a big secret, and everyone thought that the father had just left the mother. Yeah. So Stephen hated his father, yeah. but it was really his mother that had betrayed the father. And he didn't know that. He didn't know that. Yeah. So he started making these movies about children of divorce. And in E.T., Elliot, his father's gone. He's, yeah. he's on vacation with his new his secretary. Yeah. And Elliot's alone and miserable. And, and what Steven Spielberg said was, what could give this boy the joy that his father being there could An be? Alien. It's 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 pretty beautiful. <laughs> it is beautiful. I'm just kidding. Did you ever go to the uh, Universal Studios tour of E.T.? No. At the end, it goes, goodbye, Chris. You say your name in the beginning, and E.T. says goodbye to everybody when they're leaving. No, I, I'm not aware of this. It was amazing. That's and amazing. it's really cold. Here, you call him. What is this? Hot Wheels. Hot Wheels? Yeah. Okay. See, I can't sing with my sickness. No, you're holding it, too. I gotta pee. Are you saying Brian Hot Wheels? (laughs) H.W. H.Dubs. He doesn't like that. What don't I like? You don't like it when I say H.W. Oh, I don't give a fuck. Sure. What's going on, Hot Wheels? How you been? Oh! 
nothing is good sometimes for me. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. So we've been hearing a lot from people wanting an update on you. So give the people an update. Give them what they want. Give them what they want. Mm. What well, fucking horrible? It's horrible because I'm a people pleaser. Oh, <laughs> so is Chris. I'm a black belt people pleaser. Dave couldn't give a fuck about another human being, but you and me, we nose to nose. soul out to make somebody else happy and myself miserable, but whatever. That's a horse of a different color. My update. Let's see. Um, you know, I almost actually stayed 100% clean and sober since you issued that little dopey challenge, but uh, but nothing. That sounds like I royally fucked up. Um, I got a prescription and apparently us addicts cannot follow directions because take two every six to eight hours as needed for pain quickly developed into uh, Brian takes them as Brian wants to take them and uh yeah I had a spiritual awakening and I flushed drugs down the toilet really so tell us what the prescription was how much did you take and what happened um okay well obviously I'm in a wheelchair I have a pressure sore in my ankle that was been infected for like two years finally they figured out it was infected and uh as it's healed, the nerves kind of came back, sort of. Not in the way that, like, most people are going to think I feel pain, but it, it hurt and started giving me headaches. I was straight up with the doctor and told him I'm a greasy-ass dope fiend and I'll do whatever the fuck it takes to get high. But this really hurts. And he gave me a script for 25 Narcos, and I quote, I don't think you can get in too much trouble with 25, and I kind of agree. What are Norcos? Norcos are a double Norco. Vicodin. It's a milligram fucking Vicodin. It's a double Vicodin with less acetaminophen. The Norcos are great because it's 10 milligrams of hydrocodone and 325 milligrams of acetaminophen. So it's less Tylenol and more dope. Well, how can the doctor think that's the right thing to do? I don't know. Bitch the shit out of me, okay? Because <laughs> I told him I'm a heroin addict and I don't know, there's something needs to be addressed about this pain. And his words were, well, I don't think you can get in too much trouble with, I don't know if it was 25 or 30. What a piece of fucking shit doctor. It's like, I mean, how can doctors at this point, when hashtag opioid crisis is like the, every fucking well, newspaper. First of all, how, how old was the doctor? Yeah, oh man, let's see. I have to be very tactful here. He's an African-American man, and they age fairly well. So I can't give you an accurate <laughs> yeah. description of his age. He could be Black don't crack. He could be 47. Yeah. You know what I mean? Generally, older doctors <laughs> are more liberal with prescribing narcotics to addicts because the newer doctors are getting much better training about addiction. I, I would say he's probably above 65, yeah. if I had to guess. Yeah. Okay, but, uh, so you took extra and then you flushed some? That's amazing. Well, okay, hang on. I will give you the whole story. I, I, it started out as prescribed, and then, like, pain got, and uh, it's like splitting hairs over a half hour, and then I took two. And then, um, oh, man. I am not a big book quoter, thumper, or anything. It is a divinely inspired book that gets people sober. But it talks about, uh, what is it, the obsession of the mind and all that other shit. No. Well, all of a sudden, I became obsessed with this little orange bottle on my desk. And 
I started popping them, and all of a sudden, it triggered that freaking heroin thing. We're of like, course. man, this, you just want to get high. And I was like thinking about calling people, and uh, in the midst of thinking about doing what I wanted to do, um, I don't know, dude. I probably went through like 18 of them, and I looked at it, and I was like, man, those are going to be there when you wake up. You're going to eat them for breakfast, and after they're gone, what are you going to do? You're you eat them for lunch. <laughs> You're going to be fucking miserable. I'm swearing a lot. Wow. And um, <laughs> and then what? You're going to be freaking back on the tip of the needles. And uh, that's not my desired point in life. I don't know what my point is. I don't know where it's going, but I know it's not on the end of a point, no pun intended. Yeah. And uh, I figured the best place for them was down the toilet because, you know, I don't know. Once you get the wheel spinning, it's hard to stop. So, I flushed the fuckers. And I think, um, I thought I was going to have this big spiritual awakening in the morning, like, woo, you flushed your drugs. Yeah, life's great. I was fucking wrong. Um, I, uh, yeah. So, got in touch with my sponsor. Told me not to beat the shit out of myself over it. None of us are perfect. And, uh, I really didn't even want to freaking tell you guys, but you know what? Whatever, man. Um, honesty has been my freaking shit. Something I don't even think I've ever had. So uh, you're yeah. way, you're way, way better off just telling the story the way it happened, because or else that's something else that you can just use against yourself. Yeah, you know, oh. as you go on. So yeah, I know. I did a little prayer before I answered the phone. I mean, I like to make myself sound like hot shit, dude. I'm just giving you, like, the basic facts of the matter, man. I'll manipulate this story and I'm some kind of hot rod. Ooh, yeah, fucking. No, dude. It crippled me. No yeah, I remember, I remember the last time I flushed drugs, I was sober. I think I was on, I think I might have been on the phone with Chris. And I had, and I had sober for a while. And I found all sorts of pills, uh, Percocet, uh, Clonopin, Xanax, and fucking Adderall. Adderall, I remember. And, and I was moving, and I was like, "Holy shit, all these drugs!" And I was like, "I was like, I'm flushing it." And I figured I would feel really good that I flushed it, but I felt sad. Yeah, you know, I think that's a natural feeling. Yeah. I think so. I thought I was gonna feel like this. Yeah, man, this awesome feeling in the morning, and like I woke up and went, "I can't believe I flushed my drugs." <laughs> It's not funny. It's not. But I'm still early in recovery. I don't know if I would have been able to do it. You did. Well, you did do it. But um, I'm more interested. Did you ever find an online Dungeons and Dragons circle? No, I did not find an online <laughs> Dungeons and Dragons circle. You're not itching. You're not chomping at the bit to become some sort of 12th level ranger, crushing orcs and such. No. Stranger Things? Don't you know what happens when you play with that crazy Gorgon? <laughs> I don't want a Demigorgon in my closet. That's fair. Dude, did you watch the second run of Stranger Things? Oh, yes, I did. Wasn't it so good? Yes, it was. Dude, do you want to hear how, do you hear how pathetic... I I watched the first episode. Do you want to hear how pathetic Chris and his new relationship is? Chris's girlfriend, uh, for some reason... Thinks Stranger Things isn't good. She it, thinks it's too strange. And then she has she has Chris watching this garbage. Sh- he's watching The Hunger Games three instead of Stranger <laughs> Things. He's watching fucking this horrible Mind, Mind Hunter. Hunter. I watched all three of The Hunger Games. Yeah, and by Mind Hunter, have you seen that? It's Hot Wheels. No, I don't 
hope we've I have. Mindhunter's fucking great. It's about uh, if you're into if you're into if you're into horrible acting and really stilted dialogue, then Mindhunter is the way to go. Chris likes TV the way he likes music. Do you want to know what happened? Dave watched Mindhunter with his wife, and he said he didn't like it, but. And he said Linda didn't like it either, but he said Linda's taste in music is in TV isn't great. Hey, <laughs> what are you? Hey, he that, Linda, he did. Well, your girlfriend doesn't like Stranger Things, which kind of leads me to this question: How old is she? She's thirty-three, thirty-two. Well, then she should appreciate it. She's not from this country. She's though. from Venezuela, so she doesn't get it. Oh, okay. That might explain it. No, it doesn't. They they watch the Goonies in Venezuela. Well, no, man, that whole movie, like, that whole show's... I don't know. I see my childhood in it. I'm like, I remember that toy. I remember that. And you also... It, it also... It has that Spielberg-esque. It reminds you of the, the classics from the 80s. Somebody asked me to describe it, and I was like, it's like Goonies beats Tales from the Dark Side meets... I couldn't figure it third. The X-Files. But he, yeah. yeah. X-Files is a good one. X-Files meets Goonies meets... Meets E.T. But, um, <laughs> but so, how's, um, what are you up to? You going to meetings and stuff? Um, there's a bunch of family emergencies, so my mom had to go to California, so I'm not going to get to make it to my three face-to-faces I can get into this week, but I've been supplementing them with, uh, that website that doesn't pay me to say their name, so I'm not going to say it. No, people benefit from that website. It's called In the Rooms. Okay, go to InTheRooms.com. Which is you great. Go to a meeting physically. But you go sound to- you sound like you're in great spirits, so I'm happy to hear that. And uh, and if, you know, anytime you ever need anything from us, you know, don't hesitate. Right. I, I try not to, man. No, but I like to hear from you. Because when people ask me about you, I could say, oh, I just heard from him. He's doing great. You know? Or or he's fucked up. <laughs> Whatever the case may be. That's wow. There's people interested. Oh, that's a good feeling. Somebody gives a shit about me. <laughs> we hear a lot. I hear, I hear from a lot of people about you. You know? So, yeah. just I know. I actually talked to a couple on, like, Reddit and shit. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, Reddit. Yeah, there was people on Reddit uh, saying stuff, I remember, yeah. Yeah, if I forget right, it's on my phone, and I only, like, check it every couple of weeks and shit. Well, there's so little going on that checking it every couple of weeks, it's really, it gives you a real feeling that something's happening. So, I, no, I recommend that. Not, because when somebody posts something, it pops up. So, <laughs> like, there's not been anything popping up under. All right, well, we got to run. We're, we're trying to do our record-setting four dopies in a day. So we're at the end of our third one. I'm not supposed to say this, but I don't care. But uh, it's always good to hear you, and thank you for uh, being a part of this. We we appreciate it. And if anybody's actually listening to me, pick up the 10,000-pound phone. Next time it's only 5,000, then 2,500. Then you're talking to the person, and you have a friend. It's not that hard. I give you my number. But I'm afraid somebody might actually call it. <laughs> Why not? You, you, you want to give me a number? Get your number out there. 847-513-3289. If you think you don't want to pick up a needle tonight, give me a call. Say it again. Say it again. 847-513-3289. Awesome. Go. All right. All right, bud. Actual, keep one person off one needle for one day. That's a miracle, guys. Yep. 
All right, how What a breath of fresh air you are. Fresh air, yeah. Yeah, I try to be, man. Can't be miserable. You sit in your shit, you smell like shit, you act like shit, you become shit. Or, or a hobo. Or a hobo, yeah. Something like or that. Or a hobo. Exactly. Or I wind up, uh, I just listened to your turkey story fucking on YouTube, dude. I ain't eating that shit. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. All right, bud. We'll talk to you soon. Be in touch and happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, happy turkey days, y'all. Stay uh, clean, no wild turkey, and yeah, enjoy your dressing. All right, Hot Wheels. Peace, love y'all. See ya. Love you too. Bye. There you go. There you go, Hot Wheels. Um, what do you got? You got anything left to add? It's, it's always a, a breath of fresh air checking in with him. Yeah? Yeah. Good. What, um, do, what do I have to add? I have to add um, nothing. Yeah. I got nothing to add. Next episode. I got nothing to add. All right. And so we'll close out with that. All right? Well, um... Oh, reviews and all that garbage. Do we have uh, an email to read or anything? Uh, I have a voice memo I was going to play, but we'll play it on the next episode. Yeah? Yeah. Um, Where are we at now? 58. All right. Well, stay strong, (laughs) my brothers and sisters in recovery. And remember, Omar thinks he's better than you. So leave us a review and uh, say how great we are. Yeah, that would be awesome. That's it? Oh, I want to say one more thing. You and Hot Wheels are having a thing about how, how people-pleasing is because you care that people yeah. are happy. Look at what you just said. You're just bashing other people. But I, I just don't want, I don't want you to be confused about what people-pleasing actually is. What is it? People-pleasing... It's making people feel better about themselves because no, you care. It's, making, it's, it's, it's you trying to make people feel better about you. And that's your whole fucking world. And you too, Hot Wheels, like, I think. Yeah. And you too, Omar, wherever you are. Yeah. Fucking Costa Rican people pleasing. Yeah, I know. We're just making the world a little bit better. One person at a time. Listen, Dr. Chris, <laughs> why don't you explain the perils of people pleasing? What perils? Seriously. <laughs> no perils. There's no perils at all. Everybody should people please because if everybody pleased each other, it would just be you know, one big happy nation in the world at large. Okay, the perils of people pleasing. People who people please mm-hmm. tend to have low self-image. What else? That's, that's the, what else? That's it. That's all you got to know. They please people because they feel shitty about themselves, so they want everybody else to feel happy. They also... Because if they can make other people feel happy, then they must be worthwhile. You don't want to make anybody else feel happy. That's not what you really want to do. You want to slide by so that when they see you, they're like, oh, that Chris, he's a, he's a happy fella. <laughs> he's, he's okay. He's a nice guy. And then you put it up. You're like, hi. Fucking, fucking Fanny at work. Holy shit. Fanny's sh- tagging me and shit all the time. You're man. such a piece of shit. What? Fucking Chris is like, I tell, I tell Chris, Fanny is a 65-year-old Ecuadorian woman I work with. Yeah. She's a wonderful woman. And Chris, like, I tell Chris that Fanny befriended me on Facebook. Mm-hmm. So Chris immediately friends Fanny on Facebook. He friend requests Fanny. Yeah. And then Fanny, who has to be the most annoying person on Facebook, she sends me five things a day. And then she comes into work and she goes, David, why didn't you respond to this thing? <laughs> I said, what do you want me to do? He said, she said, your friend Chris, he sends me thumbs up when I send him stuff. <laughs> I, said, well, I said, well, he's a fucking idiot people pleaser. Yeah, I, said, I said, Fanny, just so you know, he doesn't care about you. He just wants you to think he's a nice person. Dude, she, and she know, said, she said he is a nice person. Exactly. <laughs> she's a, an older woman who's just starting to use Facebook. It's beautiful. You are. Does your dad use Facebook? 
Yes. No, he doesn't. Yes, he He's does. He's on Facebook? Yes. Hmm. Here we go. Am I friends with you guys? Here we go. Chris is going to befriend my father and start sending him thumbs ups indiscriminately. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd ask him, like, you know, Chris is a really nice fellow. He's always sending me a thumbs up. It really makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. How right. funny is that, though, Fanny? Fanny asked me to respond. And when I tell her, what do you want me to say? She says, your friend Chris, he sends me thumbs up. Or smiley face. Oh, you do? Yeah. I know that if I ever... Sometimes the smiley face with the hands, with if, the jazz hands. If I ever sent Fanny anything, she would start sending me stickers. That would be the next thing that happened. Then gifts. No. She Is it gifs? Gifts. Yeah. Yeah. Gifts. Anyway, stay strong, Dopey Nation. And toodles. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this aeroplane just pass me by And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive But I want to be good so bad Want to be so good, so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Shadows getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand Shadows getting smaller and smaller And it's time to where I stand And I wonder would they pay it any mind When I leave this busted city far behind I'll take the high road however far it winds Because peace and love are very, very, very hard to find And I want to be good so bad Want to be good so bad, so bad I want to be good so bad Bad desire's all I ever had Damn it, all these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had Suckers make me mad and I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had 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 And these suckers make me mad And it's all I ever had And I want to call my dad And it's all I ever had And it's all I ever had